YMCA Talks. Hello, hello. Welcome to YMCA's first podcast relating to contemporary issues in the Maltese islands. And this very first podcast is going to be relating to empowered women, narratives of hopes and difficulties. What difficulties do women face locally, but also on a global scale? And here with us, we have Miss Josiane Muscat, who is the director of Ambient Malta, as well as mother of two teenage kids, boys. And Miss Dorian Rotin, local community leader for her parish, as well as counselor and coordinator for the youth empowerment program at YMCA. Okay, so by way of introduction, this podcast has been set up in order to introduce contemporary issues in the Maltese and global contemporary society. Issues which are very important to us all and which unfortunately we feel that they have not been addressed adequately enough by way of introducing the educational and and the understanding of how to be more empowered. And I believe that when it comes to local society and global society, the patriarchal, the male domination is still, in a way, very relevant. So that is why we invited both Dorian and Josiane in order to be able to understand better your experiences and how do you relate as you are climbing up the career ladder to uh, yeah society to the challenges and anything else that you might want to input so would you like to introduce yourselves okay. so first of all i would like to thank you for inviting me here um this topic it's a very interesting topic of course we are women and of course and the empowerment um it's it's a subject that the more you discuss, the more you want to discuss even more, mm-hmm. because it's so complex <clears throat> and it's so interlinked with the status you are in life, with the status even um, your age. So, so um, this topic, yes, it's 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 very broad. And uh, thank you for for uh, sort of inviting me here to contribute to this to this conversation and to this discussion. Of course, um, empowerment for me and even the the current status as I am currently now, um, it has been quite a challenge through all the years, uh, through all the years, especially when uh, I, I had my kids. But of course, I will I will delve into this um, further on into discussion um, accordingly. And I'm sure that the audience is also looking forward to that. Dorian. Um, <clears throat> taking uh, um, from what Josiane said uh, when we look at empowerment because it is complex and uh, I feel that uh, depending on what we would be going through in life we would give an understanding of, of empowerment so being it as we're growing up for example as I was a university student it had one understanding when I started my first job it had another as a therapist it has another 
and different connotation. And uh, I see that, as Josiane said, with what we experience in life, it will impact that understanding. And I think that that is um, pretty much uh, what happens throughout society. So what was understood with women empowerment a generation or two before has changed then how we see it today or then in what way we feel that we are empowered as women. It's very interesting because the feminist movement has gone through many waves. And obviously it started with the suffragettes and uh, votes for women. And now it's evolved into so many different ways. So I'm curious, what is it, Josiane mentioned, the <clears throat> um, stages in life as well. Yes. So, as well as you, Dorian. So when you say that empowerment is relating to stages, what is it that you really mean? In, this con in these contemporary times, for a young woman who's, woman who's about to get into the world, what is she to expect? So basically, um, even roping in my experience, empowerment, when I was like going through university and even just finishing my O-levels and my teens, empowerment for me meant that I should be there. I should have my voice out there even when we had family dinners, sort of when we discussed at home and even with my friends. When we, when we had these discussions, for me, empowerment, empowerment me meant that um, my opinions I heard by everyone. When I went through the different stages, when I went through university and then I've started to also um, experience, um, have job experience in different sectors, in the public sector, in the public service within, within the government, empowerment changed. Why did it change? Because first of all, um, my mentality towards empowerment also made me realize that empowerment meant, or it was interpreted differently in the different scenarios, in the different arena I was. For instance, um, yeah. throughout my working experience, <laughs> I worked more with women rather than with men. So when I, when I had those work experience, I didn't have to prove myself or I didn't have to sort of feel that I should use or I should stress that I have to be empowered because between us it was a the same level playing field so for me empowerment was to sort of do my work um, do and, and, and have and deliver and sort of be my hundred percent so that was my mentality of empowerment feels like it was very safe, yes, very yes, contained, yes, it's yes, like a little yes, bubble almost. Yes, yes. Okay. Things changed when I started to interact more with, with diverse workforce, even um, with age groups. So for instance, when I used to work with, with uh, my same, uh, sort of my colleagues having my, my age, sort of empowerment <clears throat> was okay. We were working together, we were empowering each other, we were motivating each other. Mm -hmm. But this changed when I had my colleagues who were a little bit um, uh, more experienced than I am. Today, I realized why. Because experience, it, it matters. Because Sorry. experience sometimes, <clears throat> you know, when you are young, you know, some things, you don't sort of put them into perspective. And when you are young, sort of you, you you feel that there is this battle like that you, as a woman, 
that you want to prove yourself, that you want to show yourself, that you want to be there so that everyone knows that you are there. But with experience and when you when you grow up a little bit more, sort of you will start to realize that okay, they you your voice is heard. Your voice matters. But what's the difference is um, when you share your experiences. So for me, I think um, the notion of experience has also a role to play uh, in empowerment. Because sometimes um, when you share your experiences, you know, even, even here, together, sort of with three of us, um, today I'll speak differently when if we had this post podcast 10 years ago. Sure. Because 10 years ago, my experiences were a little bit limited with respect to the experience I had at work, the experience I had within my family, the experience I had within my kids. So I think experience is also um, an important feature, an important role with respect to, to empowerment. So when you talk about experience, would you say that being older than when you were 10 years ago, actually gives you more power yes. in order to assert yourself as both a woman with a career as well as a human being. Yes, I think it gives you also confidence. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. instance, um, let me just give an example. In Malta here we have the band clubs which are predominantly male, attended by male. It's this space, it's yes, a male it's, space. It's male space. Totally, yes. 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 Um, like 10 years ago, I used to say, no, I shouldn't go there even to buy just simply a simple bottle of water. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, because I am more, mm -hmm. you know, I have more confidence and even experience gave me confidence. I say, no, I should go. Why shouldn't I? Would you say, let's keep stick to this example. Would you say that if today you were to enter a band club, which is very Mediterranean-like for our audience, it's very Mediterranean-like, so it's a lot to do with masculinity, it's the male space, and usually when a foreigner or a non-native goes in, you know, the older guys would be looking like, okay, who is this person, what is their angle, and these, these kind of small little dramas. Would you say that these are still being enacted towards you when you go there, like if you were to go there today, for instance? I think they are still there, but the difference is, what is that the difference? now I don't notice or I don't give attention to them. Aha, uh -huh. and that so, is the definition of empowerment. Yes, so that's, that's why experience, that's what experience gave me. Mm. So before, um, maybe I think, maybe it's all related to confidence also. So empowerment, yeah. I think it goes together with, with experience and confidence. So even if they are there, I just don't notice them or I say, okay, it's fine until they get used to me. And, and they, in, in reality, they do get used to me. I feel there's a lot of maturity in what you're saying. Okay. And do you experience this as well? in at work in the public sector service yes yes um in my work experience as i said already um i was i, I used to work more with women rather than men uh -huh. and lately of course my role has changed and of course the dynamics have changed and i think the experience at first it was a bit difficult yes it's at first you know until 
even the way you present yourself, you're a woman, you're still young, okay, and we've been here for quite a long time, we know the subject, you're new and everything. So yes, I, I, I would lie if I'd say that I didn't find it challenging. But then oh. I used my experience and my confidence, sort of I said, okay, let me take this as an advantage. And I said, okay, how can, okay, I showed, how, what can I learn from you? I can learn new things from you. And I can give you an insight, which maybe you were not seeing or you were not considering before. So for me, and even, even myself as a character, when I see a challenge, you know, for me, when I see a challenge, I say, okay, this is fun. Mm. So for me, when I have, when I'm challenged, um, it's, 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 it's more, it's more interesting. So when I coupled all these factors in and, you know, challenge, it was still there and it's still there, but I see it from a different angle now. Thank you. Dorian? I think that um, when we're talking about empowerment, one difference that I, that I see um, is that as I was growing up, even the idea of empowerment is something that it's sort of like I need to get from out there. So like the right to vote as a woman, um, uh, being, I don't know, for example, living on my own, things like that. However, with time, I've realized that it becomes more, and I think this ties up a lot to what you were saying about feeling confident, that it becomes more internalized. So even I'm aware that I have a choice, for example, on whether to um, take a certain action on something or not. I choose whether to, um, how to handle uh, challenges in life or whatever happens. And uh, yes, as Josiane was saying, empowerment, I think confidence plays up a lot in that. When it comes to career-wise, I happened to have always um, a career which helped a lot in reflecting and sort of growing as a person, the mm. mindset, emotionally, on, on different levels. So I think that helped a lot in my understanding of empowerment, in, in seeing the potential that I as a woman have or I as a person have um, in society. That there is something that even if somebody might say, this might not be something you can handle, but I say, no, let me try it out and I see. Because I know the ability is there, the capability is there. Absolutely, of course. Throughout my life, when I was speaking with women, especially, and uh, we would be talking, for instance, about property, for instance, because in Malta, property is something of regarded with high, as high with high standards and usually when women would be trying to buy a property for themselves alone they all tell me that it's quite difficult because um, either the seller would see them as being you know not informed which is usually quite the opposite or otherwise the workers who would be restoring or refurbishing the place would actually look down on them, even though we're talking about women who would have a high level of education, a high um, career profile. And nevertheless, they would always then tell me, look, we need a man, or I need my family or my father in order to help me 
and talk with these workers, for example. Now, the question is this, how difficult it is, okay, we're talking about the Mediterranean context, but this is also apparent also in overseas. So how difficult it is for a woman to actually assert herself in a male-dominated environment, and how do you actually do it? You have your confidence, you have your experience, but do you find that in contemporary Malta, things have started to shift in order for that old mindset where women's space should be in the kitchen or having babies has changed? Or is it still there, maybe not as apparent, but you can still feel it? What is your experience about it? I think it depends a lot to the context. So mm -hmm. in certain environments, I feel it is still very strong, whereas in others, not so much. What might make the difference is the, the, the presence of women, in our case, um, within that environment. Because when it comes to ideologies or mentalities, most of the time, once you see a different perspective or a different scenario, that helps with changing it. Absolutely. So you mentioned the example of buying property, etc. I think to a certain extent that is still a bit present. Uh, but then it depends also a lot on the way the person relates to the workers. Uh, so if you make things clear, listen, this is not my field, but this is my concern, you know. And yes, there are instances where you need to maybe push a bit more than if there was a male uh, relating to them. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand also the environment, where in that case, most of the time, it's a male predominant environment. So um, they assume the norm is that usually it's either a couple that would be dealing with yeah. uh, when it comes to property and things like that. Would you say that life is a little bit more difficult for a woman on her, on her own? When it comes to property, I think it's more because it's something we're getting used to. We are still, I feel, compared to other countries, given the fact that, you know, we're a small island, so we don't need to leave live our family to, to, to go to study. So pretty much unless you're actually moving out of your parents' house because you want to be independent or because there are um, specific issues, you don't do it. So it's not like if we're in the rest of Europe or in the rest of the world where you would need to travel or we need to go and live far away even for work. So to a certain extent, that still leaves us a bit um, cocooned kind of on that yeah. aspect. Yeah. Well, so at the same time, there's also the supporting network that supports exactly. you. Exactly. So, so, so mm -hmm. that, that, that's there. And yeah. then that's the advantage. As a society, we still very much find support backing us when something goes wrong. And I feel that then when it's with women, it might be a bit more supportive. Okay, we'll get I, back to that later. I think yeah. what's... Um, interesting to mention also is uh, statistics. So if we look at statistics, the percentage of women working has now increased from 20 years ago. Indeed years it ago. has, yes. And I think that has also changed the dynamics of women empowerment. Women at home, women working, women in career, women even in the everyday life, how society interacts with, with women. 
and the jobs also that women yes, are now having. Yes, yes. Before, 20 years ago, mostly were cleaners. Yes. So now, as, as you rightly said, um, and now I think that also is also contributing to the way how women is perceived. Um, even empowerment, how this, how this is affecting the whole society. For instance, if we say, like 20 years ago, as you, as you said, jobs are changing, and now there isn't a specific job which is tailor-made for men or for women. If you have now, it's all about capabilities, qualities, and education. Mm. So it's no longer about your gender, it's about your capabilities. And now we don't look into, as I said again, gender, because now we've even proven also, even here in Malta, um, that it's, it's all related to the capabilities. So I think this has also contributed to the way um, society sees women. Because before, even, even I also remembering myself, when I used to, when I went back home and I said, okay, I've received the results, and I said to my mom, mom, I'm going to continue university. And she told me, what are you going to do? No. Why? There's no need for you to go to university. You should work like your sisters. And you should sort of, and then um, find a man and settle down and get married. And, that's the traditional and I said, no, 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 that's not me. Mm-hmm. And after myself, sort of, I think in our age, I think we saw also that shift moving, even here in Malta, the, the demographics. I think we saw that shift, how uh, women out there, um, even the statistics sh- shows um, this, this, this change and shift. I think nowadays, even when you have, like for instance, if I see myself, my kids, my friends, and you tell them, okay, what do you want to do? I want to keep on studying. Yes, continue. Now it's automatic. The encouragement to continue to study, to pursue a career, to pursue your dreams. Your dreams, even if not, if not a career, even yeah. if you want to drive, I don't know, uh, particular or do something which before was associated with man. So now I think um, this empowerment, it's... it's, it's being it's it's instilled more into our everyday um working mode let's say it's fascinating that in comparison to 20 30 years ago now the capacity of the human being is universal regardless of sex regardless of whether you are man woman or otherwise however i'm still curious because in a way when i'm still reading articles about these topics it seems like to me what you're describing while it's beautiful it's still a little bit idealistic maybe because are there absolutely no challenges anymore that women face in the career world for example um you as a mother to two teenage boys i'm sure that it wasn't easy for you was it And now you're a director, and hopefully you will get even higher. (laughs) So, but at any rate, even arriving at that level of directorship, uh, of quite a big and quite a dynamic um, section of the ministry, um, while still having a family, would you say that it was plain sailing or it came also with its own challenges and what would your experience be in this matter so first of all it was really challenging and it still is a challenge 
What are the challenges, if uh, challenges, you don't mind? Of course, um, ideally, and as you said, being a mother and being a full, I have a full-time job, ideally, even at home, um, when you're living with whoever and you have sort of a rising family or whatever, sort of, because I, I don't wish to also mention my, my family uh, circle, but also extend it further. Well, um, uh, this is about sharing of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, when you are, when women don't find that support, which you have mentioned, I think it's, uh, it's a no-go. We're talking about support from your um, uh, significant other, yes, your husband. Yes, in, this in case. my case, husband or partner or whoever. Yeah. Um, if you don't have support, um, I think it will be it's, it's, uh, the challenge. It will the challenge will be much more. And so, having children and following your career trajectory alone can be quite difficult. Yes. Mm. Yes, it is difficult. It is difficult. But mm -hmm. but support um, even here in Montanao, even I think here. Um, your work um, support is available so for instance um, nowadays I think it was ten, just 10 years ago even the child care centers for instance I used to remember when I started um, to work I had my kids they were still young and I had a quite challenging job way 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 back and which required me to be on sort of at work so I couldn't stay with my kids so I had to sort of have this balance Okay, I have to be hundred percent with my kids, but at the same time, I have to give hundred percent at job. work. Exactly at work. So I said, okay, how am I going to balance this? My husband was was uh, quite um, uh, had a significant role, but um, during that time, we also had the possibility of the childcare centers, which I think um, in Malta they are quite a they have quite a pivotal. That pivotal mm -hmm. role mm -hmm. why the statistics and women have increased to go out there because I think support support it's quite from uh, sort of raising kids monetary support psychological support when you put them all together sort of that's how and what keeps you moving in life for any gender actually yes mm -hmm. yes, yes yes and I think um, we as Montau, we've we've done we've did huge advances. Yes, um, I agree with field. that. Yeah, and I think this is also helping us women um, to embrace more empowerment, to be more empowered, even ourselves, because. Um, but yes, challenge. It's it's uh, challenges are there, and I think also um, that these challenges you have to be also um, you know you have to positive feelings, positive, like, you know, mantra mm -hmm. that, you know, we are capable. You, you are going to keep, you will do it. You will do it. And once you have this positive mantra, I think, even this is also my, my, my everyday slogan, you know, when you have this positive mantra, even the obstacles, um, for instance, in my case, there are obstacles and, and I try to convert them into challenges what and how I'm, I'm going to learn and if I'm going to learn and if I have the power to change so for those after me um, I can contribute.
For instance, I, 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 I remember, um, I think it was like 15 years ago, I was the first one um, which I've started in, within my ministry working uh, using family-friendly measures. And during that time, it was like, okay, family-friendly measures, no, no, no. And then I remember I, I was the first one. It was very challenging. But then I'm happy now to, when I look back. You laid the path out for That's, so many yes, other people. Yes, yes, yes. So for me, okay, it was a bit difficult for me. But nowadays, thanks to my experiences and even my, sh my sharing of how things should improve, um, others are also benefiting. Yeah. I remember 20 years ago reading papers about the difficulty that women also have to face when it comes to their attire, their presentation of the self, in the sense that um, one of the main topics was should a woman be wearing a skirt or trousers, for instance? Should a woman w uh, be wearing makeup or what kind, up to what extent should a woman be wearing makeup? because it's a male-dominated world at the time. And I see you both, and you are both coming very across as very feminine in the sense of nails, you know, dresses and, and stuff like this, which is awesome. So my question is this, do you feel, and perhaps Dorian can answer this, do you feel that in today's world you need to adjust yourself to the social order or do you feel that you can actually be yourself as who you are without having to overly change your presentation of the self in order to fit in a general stereotype of the working woman, for example? I think that in general, there are in certain environments, certain expectations. Mm -hmm. And at times the nature of the job itself tells you sort of what attire you need to work. So, for example, when I used to teach young children, I wouldn't go wearing to work dresses. Most of them would wear trousers, flat shoes, because the, the job required that. Nowadays, I'm doing something different. Um, I think that society, as we're growing up, does is to give us a path on how it's expected that we dress, that we appear. But then you come to an age where you decide that because the way you present yourself reflects who you are. Mm. So I put on makeup, not simply because I don't know it's expected, I'm working in the office and it's expected that I put on makeup, but because um, it's it's something I like doing because I like to sort of that there are certain features that it, I make them stand more. It rounds your identity. Exactly. Okay. Um, but there are days when I decide not to, I'm not putting on any makeup and it's still okay. So you don't feel that pressure to be constantly on top of your game when it comes to the other with a capital O, as in I need to always look uh, prim and proper. No, but I think part of it impacts a lot because whatever job career we're taking up, we are taking that path because we're capable. As, as Josiane was saying, more it's related to capability. And, and capacity boils down to that. Hmm, go on. And when you see also the way uh, your colleagues relate, um, your bosses, 
if you're being shown that your place is valued, your ability, they're valued because of your capabilities, then uh, I think that sort of appearance is much more, it tends to be much more reflecting on who you are rather than because what's expected. Would you feel, however, that you need to work more as compared to your male peers in order to make your work speak for itself? Did you understand? Yes, and, and yeah. uh, I and think in certain environments, yes. Two people are rolling their That's eyes. Very Tell much. us about the challenges then. Okay, this is a very important question because also, statistically, women earn less for the same job and have to work more for it. Mm -hmm. So far you have described a very rosy picture, very supportive, where women can actually um, be themselves in an empowered position because of their capacity. However, to arrive there, what are the challenges and also how difficult it is com in comparison with the male counterpart? I would like to listen to both your opinions. So, okay. uh, this is very um, <laughs> challenging. To yes, answer. challenging question <laughs> because the reality <laughs> is, um, as you said, and even as statistics shows, unfortunately, women, um, first of all, they are in some instances paid less than men for the job, which yes. is equal and identical to their counterparts. Mm -hmm. I would also to a point also abused maybe as well, yes, taken yes. advantage of yes, rather than yes. using that word. Yes. So unfortunately, mm. yes, sometimes uh, women, they do have to work more to show to our counterparts that we are uh, capable. Why? Why do you think is that? I think it's about the perception because as soon as you break that perception, then you will sort of, not automatically, I think you will, you will stabilize. But I think at first, in order to show, and unfortunately society sort of pulls and, and steers us in this direction, that sometimes before you prove yourself right and that you are capable, once we proved that we are capable, then I think it, there's room for us to sort of work liberal, as our male counterpart, but, but I think you yes, there. yes, I think until you arrive there, I think that's okay. that's my experience. And if I may ask, is there any such thinking? Like for instance, here I'm thinking about Plato actually, and he said that between male and women, men, men women can do the same thing as men, with the only difference that a woman actually can get pregnant. Would you see that possibility of pregnancy as a liability towards your career path? I, I think in certain areas it is seen even by higher up when they're employing. Would you kindly elaborate on that? Because we're talking about the challenges here and the work involved in order to actually show your status as the capable person that you are. Which is quite yes, serious, but, uh, isn't it? I think when it comes to, let's take employment. Um, 
in certain environments it is it is considered the fact whether the person uh, when they're an interview or considering of applying somewhere giving a promotion they are they do consider and take into account listen does this person have young kids is she of a certain age because you know where you sort of you can still get pregnant or not mm-hmm. you actually feel this you experience this it's it's not sad so it's more and I'm not saying that everyone, but there are, yes, environments or instances where I believe it does happen. And I can un- I can understand why that reasoning is there from a sort of business aspect, you know, because most of the time they boil it down to the financial side of it. Again, Somebody will take mm-hmm. domination that does not allow the space for women to actually also nurture and procreate in a way that... Yeah, it gives them space to still work if they want to, from home or otherwise. And I think society is still moving towards the understanding that when it comes to children, for example, it's both parents can yeah. share when it comes to parental responsibility, That's for example. Important. That's very important. Um, so we're it's still moving there. Uh-huh. I, I, I feel from my little experience, we're still very much certain things come automatically that it's, I don't know. Somebody has an accident at school, the first call they call first. Mom. Most of the time it's the mother, not the father. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As a mother, when something happens at school and you're at work, whatever, and they call you instead of your husband, do you actually tell them, hey, there's also my husband who is involved in this, um, in this scenario? Or... Do you feel that it is your duty and your right to actually know first? Unfortunately, and it's a quite a tricky one. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, um, my own experience when I was raising my kids, I had that feeling of guilt. Guilt. Yes, when I was not with them. Aha. Uh-huh. When I was working and I was not with them, but of course, sort of, I had this mantra that when I'm at home, first I dedicate myself with play with them dance go out and then when they sleep i'll do everything later on so i think what i find a little bit when i look back which 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 should or maybe more education or i don't know more information should be available is about the issue that sometimes women when they pursue careers when they are not at home, especially also with with caring, with parents, um, you know, you have that sense of guilt that you know when you look like okay, I am working instead of staying with my kids. Mm-hmm. And even for instance, myself, I used to travel a lot, especially when I used to travel. I said, okay, oh my, I should be at home it's rather than rather than. It's quite a difficult emotional state to be in yes, because you want to yes. be with your family. Yes. At the same time, you are working for them yes. and their, your family's betterment at the expense of your time with them. And in fact, I think this was the reason um, and also which helped me to um, sort of change my mind and sort of reroute my mindset. Why? Because I said, okay. I am here working, one, because it makes me happy. And if I am happy, I go home and I am happy. Mm -hmm. So if I am happy and my kids with them, I am happy. 
and I'm contributing to the family. So we are all happy and we are all contributing. Mm. And I said, okay, if I am not happy and even if I stay at home and I'm not myself, sort of, and instead of, okay, staying with my kids physically, but mentally I'm not there, it's useless to say that I am uh, with my kids physically, but mentally I was not there. Yeah. And I think this was the turning point which helped me sort of looking and sort of challenging the guilt feeling that I used to feel. Because I said, okay, um, if I am, okay, for instance, today, okay, I left my kids, sort of, I, I told them what to do, and okay, now I'll go and keep on following the, the house chores and everything, so on and so forth. But if I am happy and fully satisfied and fulfilled, I contribute, in my case, I feel that I contribute more to the family rather than I am sad or depressed or whatever. So I think this is what helped me um, sort of turn and challenge and also uh, this guilt, this guilt feeling. But yes, uh, guilt was, was, I think, the main challenge which I, which I sort of... Um, this actually, in a way, demolishes the stereotype of the uh, mother who is housebound and happy to be... It's a 1950s kind of stereotype which has been also transmitted in a way among certain um, socio-cultural milieus also transmitted to this day where the woman is there staying at home with the family and... Um, but nowadays there's also the change where the man is actually um, being affected, it's called uh, house husband if I'm not mistaken. So how would you say, what would you say to this idea of house husbandry, of a man actually <coughs> doing the work, um, whether it is raising a family while the woman is working, so the reversal of stereotypes, or otherwise, when it comes to um, women who are actually climbing up the uh, career ladder, and, you know, seeing their peers, men, who would be maybe less motivated to actually reach the top, like both of you are doing. What would you say to this reversal of um, um, gender identities? I think it still boils down to sharing of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. It's irrespective what gender you are. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's irrespective what, what gender you are. I think the crux is about sharing of responsibility, especially at home in order to allow the other the other side um, to pursue careers, to pursue dreams, to pursue what needs to be pursued. So, um, in my opinion, I think it's it's about sharing of responsibilities, which, which um, and it's irrespective of the gender. Both parents can be parents and yes, raise yes, the kids, yes, irrespective yes. of, and then it's, uh -huh. As you're saying, sharing of responsibility to see that the other person is not simply a parent, but also an individual who has dreams, who wants to follow a career, and maybe even financially it's more convenient to a certain extent. So mm -hmm. why not then? The big question. We have only 15 minutes left. So this now it's the big question. <laughs> So far, they were, they were small, really yeah. <laughs> easy ones. Okay. So is this, because we're talking about women, empowerment, career, and now also family life. So oftentimes, like, let's say that 
usually uh, the common um, cultural style of thought is that by 25, 26, 27, you would have your children. Um, and okay, you can still follow your career, but, but nevertheless, you start settling down. That was especially in the past. Nowadays, it's more like, okay, first my career, and then I will think about having a family. And so what is your opinion about it? Like, would you suggest that first you follow your career path and then raise a family and finding a partner? How would you deal with it? Because usually this is what also young women think, you know, we are at university, I've studied hard, I want to reach, I want to become a CEO, I want to get that, I want to have the nice car, I want to have my place, I want to go abroad, and then I will settle down and have children, maybe, even though in Europe the demographic is actually going oh, yeah. lower. So, what is your opinion about this? And it's a big question because this is actually the future of Europe, the future of the world. Like, is it first career and then family in parallel, in conjunction? What would you say to it? Both of them. Start with you, Dorian. Well, I'm still in the career <laughs> phase. Yeah. So, given I have no family. Um, I think that one thing that was very determining for me is the fact that I've always wanted to further my studies, to live abroad, and it's all things that I am I managed to do so mm -hmm. far. Um, also because I was also brought up with the understanding that um, this is these are all things that you it's best if you do before you have kids because then once you have children you sort of like have a duty that you're present as a parent so I think for me the fact that when I look at it now I'm in my mid-30s so I say if I will have children they will be probably close to my 40s um, I know that I would be in a position where uh, even financially I am more stable than what I was 10 years ago. For sure. So I That's think that on certain aspects, um, I would be in a position to be much more of a parent the way I want to be. Downside to that, I think that having kids at 20, 30 and having them at 40 makes a difference even on the level of energy you can put there to be with them. So um, I think at the end of it, it's a choice of the way you want to live your life. Yes. I concord with you. It's about the individual choice. There is no uh, pattern or path or it's about the individual choice. It's what you want, the individual wants to do with their life. If they want to pursue a career, if they want to have family, I think nowadays society is more left free to choose what they want when you compare it, for instance, like 20, 25 years ago. I agree with that. So yeah. now um, it's more about, about the individual choices, sort of as you said, sort of what do you want? Do you really want family? Do you really want to sort of what do you want? So I think now um, there is more responsibility of choosing what and the sort of the individual is more free to choose what they want 
sort mm-hmm. of um, it's more freely and it's more accessible for instance and you know it's not like going with the stereotype like everyone does everyone the same does thing, the same thing. Yeah. it's okay if things are going so now it's more I think it's more um, liberal and everyone is free to do what they choose to do would you maybe see that also up to a point as a this might be a bit controversial but maybe also as a liability in the sense that sometimes it might come across as being as having way too many choices whether it's men or women um, but especially for women sometimes there might be so many choices that what you want to do might become a little bit more vague for example i um, somebody might say i want to have a family i want to have a career but i am also alone so how will i be able to manage that how will i be able to discern what is it that i want in a world that is so full of choices that maybe I get confused. I think it's also about education. In fact, it was my next point. Can you tell us a little bit more about, in the limited time that we still have, about the education? How can, as young women, but not so young as well, how can they educate themselves to the point where they can actually um, be able to discern these things? Can you elaborate on that? I think education is the basis of everything we do. I like that. Um, when you have the information, when you are educated and know what's available out there, and you and know what are the pros and cons of any situation, mm-hmm. I think you are more um, sort of you'll be more t- able to make a well-informed decision. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for instance, as, as, as you said, like, okay, I want to be more financially stable. And yes, to raise a family, I think nowadays that's important. So mm. if you have the education and you have that information, how to manage money, how to sort of um, manage your financial, financial situation in order to be able to have a family and to sustain your family, I think that would help. Absolutely. Rather than just the academics, we're also talking about life skills. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. This is not about the academics mm-hmm. at all. Auntie, yeah. It's the other way around. Yeah. It's education. And this is very important. It's the it's education of life. Yes, yes. So yes. Life yes. education. Yes, yes, yes. And the availability of information, accessibility of information. So thankfully, here in Malta, we don't have even the. In in Europe, we don't have issue of accessibility because now you Google, you Google whatever you want. Information is mm-hmm. now democratized. In fact, but for instance, if you look to third countries, um, information is hindered because of lack of, of availability. Or by status, state apparatuses. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and we ha- when you control information, you control even the way you live your life. And the way people think, exactly. Everything is tied up to education, in yes. fact. And I think one one thing as well is that the education that is given is non-judgmental in the sense that you're presented with all the choices without pushing more for one or the other. So like that, um, you get more of a general understanding of what's available out there and that it's okay, whichever choice you decide to take up. And I think culture plays a lot in this uh-huh. um, our culture is changing our society is changing our culture is changing we're 
we are becoming more exposed to different ideologies, different mentalities, different ways of being, and that enriches mm -hmm. us. And it enriches also, I feel, the the education that is available out there. Um, so even the understanding of things. You said, in fact, it's okay that you can choose whichever part you want. And earlier on, you mentioned also the guilt aspect. And one thing that is quite recurrent um, in, in some of the readings I came across, it's the concept of shame. Sometimes a woman might feel ashamed that she would like to take a particular career path or a particular life choice. And it has nothing shameful in it, but maybe because of the way that culture still influences mm -hmm. uh, people, then there would be that kind of, am I doing it the right, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing that? Now, this goes to the very fundamentals of the human identity, basically, of personality. So also maybe by way of closing, when it comes to this particularity, this shame or this guilt that a woman, whether she is starting her career advancements or maybe she's making the choices that she would like to make, what kind of advice would you give uh, from your experience in order for these people to maybe go beyond the shame and to start feeling really the belief, the self-belief that yes, I can do it, this is a challenge, I want to do it for fun, there's something that I want to do because it's okay. What kind of advice would you like to give to the audience? They are not alone. Mm -hmm. So they are not alone, um, mm -hmm. even if they speak with other women or whoever, and even by sharing our experiences. Mm. I think um, support, and even when you know that you are not alone, um, the guilt and the shame and this feeling, I think it's it's reduced much much more because when you when you understand that you are not alone and that there are others who feel the same, sort of even by sharing of experience and by discussion, sort of and by learning from each other, um, I think for me that was the key. The support, mm. in fact, yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah whether it is through education, through family, yes. or even through services offered yes. by various entities around. Yes, yes. Thank you. And what is your opinion, Doc? Uh, I think that what Josian said is very valid. Um, and adding to that, uh, I feel that it's important that the person, when considering the choices available, the person examines what choices does she feel that fulfill her. So Josiah mentioned working, making her happy, so that meant that she would be contribute to the family and you know, if she's happy also the kids would feel that and they would be happy as well. And I think that's that's very important that whichever choice we take, irrespective of what the environment around us might be telling us. But if when I stop and think I have decision A, decision B, decision C, okay, decision A, how does that sit with me? Mm. How does it feel? Does it feel okay? Does it feel something that if I have to look back on it five years from now, it would make sense or not? We're talking about fulfillment of the self. Exactly. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Uh -huh. And 
also, as Josie mentioned, the support, even reading about people who took up those careers or took, made those decisions, what they faced, what not. Um, because we even we can see in what we can relate to. And that helps in the decision. It's really beautiful because what you're saying is, yes, there is society, yes, there is the culture, yes, we are informed by all of these, but as much as we're informed through language, but nevertheless, also take time for yourself, take that slice of space for you in order to actually think about and reflect on who are you, what is it that you want. Society can have a general idea, your parents might want you to do something else, whatever, but nevertheless, live your life, get educated, find your support system, your support network, and go for it. Regardless of how difficult it is, you can still do it. It's a challenge, do it for fun. Well, thank you for this. It's been very interesting. By way of closing, would you like to end with a sentence or two to the audience? Be positive. Beautiful. Thank you, Josiane. And always take, make choices that um, reflect you. Mm. Thank you, Dorian. So that's it for the first podcast. And for whoever wants to know more about the services offered by YMCA, you can log into our website, YMCA Malta. And over there we have also psychotherapeutic services for free, where you can always find the support that you need, amongst other things. So thank you both and look forward to more podcasts together. Thank you. Thank you.